Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Spree Devora, host of the Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, this is Jennifer Smith. I'm CEO and co-founder of Scribe. We are based in San Francisco. We are a technology company that offers free software to make it easy to share what you know how to do. So I was fortunate that when I moved to to San Francisco, I, I stayed with the consulting firm that I was at. So I literally called them up and said, hey, can I just transfer from your East Coast office to, to San Francisco? And to McKinsey's credit, they, you know, within two hours said approved. And so booked my plane ticket and came out here. And I was lucky that I was able to work with technology companies so I could kind of keep my foot in, you know, what I knew how to do, which was consulting at the time, but do it for some of the, the big kind of legacy technology companies here. And that was by day. And then by night and by weekends, it was meeting a bunch of people here and just getting really curious about what are you doing? What are you building? What do you think are interesting technology trends and and really snowballing from there? And then I decided to make that my career. And so I left and joined a venture capital firm where we were investing in technology companies. And I mean, what more privileged place to be than somewhere where like some of the smartest people in the world come through your doors and talk about really cool companies that they want to be building? And when did Scribe come to be? We started the company about three years ago now. It feels like it's been coming my whole life, which I think there's that famous Steve Jobs quote, right? Your life, you can only connect the dots when you look backwards. And when I look backwards now, I connect the dots even to a lot of the work that I was doing back when I was a consultant sitting in operation centers in Salt Lake City, right? Um, but but it was you know that obsession with a customer problem that really led me to, to found Scribe and, and then marrying that with my interest in technology and how technology can change the way that people work and, and change the way that people share what they know how to do. When do you think that you started to acquire the skills of a CEO? It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question what the skills of a CEO even means, because I've been fortunate to witness many different CEOs over the course of my career, starting when I was, you know, 22 or 21 year old consultant and was fortunate enough to be able to literally sit in boardrooms with uh, with CEOs of big public companies and hear how they talked about their business and the challenges that they were facing and and like what leadership meant to them. And so I think I got an, an early education of seeing what that looked like at the biggest stages and then being in venture capital meeting so many different founders of different stage companies. And so I think along the way, I was always mentally picking and choosing like, what what do I think is really interesting about how this person leads? What do I think resonates with me most? Like, what's my personal style look like? And I think at the end of the day, where I've come down to is it, we talk so much about 
leadership and and studying the greats, but it also has to come down to just what's authentic to you and like what feels right and what is it that you're trying to achieve with the people that you're working with and how do you rally them all together around that shared vision and do it in a way that feels great and successful and uplifting for everyone. And the way of doing that can be really different depending on who you are and what works for you. This is Rebecca Jones, founder of Hire and Old, where we are opening up the conversation about ageism in tech. I'm located in London, UK. So what I've learned um, in the startup experience that I had, which I'm very, very grateful for, again, allowed me to pivot, et cetera. There were some things about the culture that I wanted to improve on in my next role. So I said, okay, I want to hear from each person I interview with it you know, something about the the culture that knows that it's, you know, there's um, safety to make uh, mistakes, to be your, you know, bring your whole self to work, but also that they're concerned about well-being. And I wanted to know how they took care of their staff during uh, lockdown and what their views were on remote working. But most importantly, well, one something is very close to my heart is diversity. So what does their leadership team look like? So I heard about the role through Uh, There's a a women in fintech group here in the ecosystem in London. And so I uh, knew their head of product um, through that group. And she um, had introduced me to Kama um, as a concept and as as a business and an opportunity to apply. But so she's on the leadership team. So it's unusual to have a female head of product. So that's fantastic. The COO is a female. And so it wasn't just this stale pale male or this tech bro, you know, cast of characters. Hashtag not all men, not all tech bros, but you know what I mean? Like for me, it was important that from day dot, that it was a leader, the founder that said, it's important for me to have diversity in the leadership team from the very beginning, rather than an afterthought when they're trying to do, you know, fundraising and they, and they may have some questions around diversity. So that shows me a commitment there. And then two, the conversations were less about, they were very much about, oh, I, I took a day, a mental health day because I could feel I could feel that burnout approaching. Um, so to say that very openly and not in a, it wasn't in a sales pitchy way, it was merely a, like, I'm gonna reschedule that because I'm gonna take a, a mental health day. I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. Throughout your career, what has been a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? So I would say my biggest obstacle that um, I overcame that really, really helped me was to finally take a chance and challenge people in more senior positions, even if that meant I broke, you know, some understood social rules or hierarchy rules, or even if I look stupid or or got that challenge back, because I realized that um, I was doing well in my career, but I would, I would sort of plateau for a while. And, and, you know, my managers, I would always get great reviews, et cetera, but they would, they would talk about how I needed to build my influence with senior stakeholders. And what I was able to pinpoint is that what would happen is I would I would actually be able to, I would get in the room, I would have a seat at the table and then I wouldn't say anything, which is a squandered opportunity. So it would be, you know, someone that I perceived as being that I couldn't challenge, i.e., you know, an SVP or ahead of this or ahead of that, they would say something and I would, in my mind, I'd be like, no, that won't work because of, or gosh, I wonder if they've considered this angle. And I, I wouldn't say anything or I, or I'd, only pluck up enough courage by the end of the conversation and then the moment had passed. So once I forced myself, I just had to give myself really <laughs> bite-sized, um, you know, I'd have to pluck up the courage and then um, give myself bite-sized goals to say, okay, in the next 
executive committee in the next exco, I'm going to make two comments. I'm going to reply to someone when they say, how does that sound? Or they open the floor and two, come prepared with a question. So just so that I can start to feel comfortable speaking and pushing back. And that did help. So by the end of, you know, three months, they were used to me speaking. And then by that time, I built up enough momentum and courage to then start challenging. And there were some times when I felt I would leave and feel embarrassed and kind of feel my cheeks be hot because I would say, well, have you thought about this? And they would say, yes, of course, X, Y, Z. So then I felt kind of stupid, stupid, right? But at the same time, that actually helped me because later, you know, I would get the feedback like, they like that you're thinking that way or, or trying to see two steps ahead or, you know, it really did help me. Um, But it took a long time for me to get there longer than it should. Hey, this is Karen from KarenDwyer.com based in Dublin, Ireland. We look after people with chronic illness and we transform their physical, mental and emotional health. Yeah, I I actually don't work well now if I don't go on to that. And I I go between the 50 minute and 25 minute sessions. But yeah, where I'm at at the moment is that I'm in a a huge tech upgrade at the moment. and I've invested so much money and I'm in the last like 0.05% of that before my next program um, launches in February. But I found this incredible platform called Better Practice and it's actually built for nutritional therapists, but I can track... All of the food, the sleep, the uh, the um, what you call it, the mood. Um, I I can track so much, and it allows all of my faculty then to go in and be able to keep on top of people individually and communicate effectively. Like it is honestly such an amazing platform. And I get that you know the likes of Kajabi and things like that out there are amazing. Better practice probably have a little bit of of way to go to make it that kind of marketing friendly, so to speak. But in terms of, of user interface, and for me, it's amazing. And there's an app too. But I'm I'm building my own um, my own platform in the background as well to feed into my own. But in the meantime, that's what I'm using. And it is great. But, you know, the want to have everything perfect and that user experience perfect can be absolutely debilitating because I spent so long researching what I could do, what was it within my capabilities and budget and all the rest, that you could actually sit back and not do anything for a long time and just wait for it to be perfect or wait, you know, the next few months to have my own platform up and running. But for now, that's what I'm using and it is working so, so well. Um, and the feedback has been incredible for my own um, clients and participants. So, And let's talk about perfection. I, if I remember correctly, we were on a focus mate session. You and I did not know one another. And in your session, your goal for that session was to launch. Yeah. And so <laughs> and like did. we launched together. Like I was like, you're <laughs> like, I'm launching my company right now in this focus mate session. And I'm like, go <laughs> you. <laughs> I know. You were there when I pressed the go button on my website and on that platform. I took like, pictures, was... right? I think I sent you <laughs> I the pictures. You did. Yeah. you did. I've actually got to post them. That was so cool. Like, talk about the universe and like lining it up to be perfect. I think I pretty, I think I cried during that focus mate session because it was so uncomfortable because I, like I wasn't ready. I don't think I ever would have been ready. But, you know, you're like, I could have had this or I should have that ready or, you know, I should have a different picture there or whatever it might be. And I just hit go. And, you know, the sweaty palms come back even when I talk about it now because there's still a couple of widgets that I, I need to uh, I need to update and replace. But, yeah, I, I launched my 
my website and my platform while I was on a Focus Mate session with you. So it's live and it's not perfect, but it's, you know, it's there. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.